Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says Podcast number 13, George Washington's Secret Weapon. Did he have a secret weapon? He sure did. And it terrorized those British for, well, for another 40 years after the Revolutionary War. He was awesome. It was indeed a secret weapon. All right, here from the radio show is George Washington's secret weapon. Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says. Hey, today I've got some great stories for you. I'm going to tell you about George Washington's secret weapon. But first, I'm going to tell you about the Battle of Bunker Hill. Great story. Well, just a few months after the Battle of Lexington, now that was the battle that started the whole thing, you know, the shot heard around the world and all, well, Washington had been called as Commander-in-Chief of the American Armies. He did an accounting to find out what he had to work with and immediately knew that he had a problem. There were no provisions for his troops, at least not enough to fight a war. There weren't enough boots, there weren't enough blankets, there weren't enough guns, there wasn't near enough food. He didn't have near what he needed to fight a war. For instance, he had only enough powder for each man in his command to shoot only nine times. (laughs) Oh, that's not even enough to train a new man how to shoot. That's why we lost the Battle of Bunker Hill. We killed a thousand of the British as they were coming up that hill. But then we ran out of powder and had to skedaddle because those British had bayonets on their guns and we didn't. It didn't make any sense at all to stick around. Uh, Later on in the war, we did get bayonets on the guns, but not then. The Congress at the time just figured that if the soldiers would shoot straight, there would be no need of a bayonet. I guess that was true. But when you run out of bullets, what do you do? Well, do you know what some of them did? They threw rocks! Yes, sirree, they threw rocks! Yep, pretty effective, too. Once a British soldier had fired his gun, how was he supposed to reload with rocks raining down on him? Well, pretty soon we ran out of rocks, too, and then it got pretty ugly. Pretty ugly. Most of our men got away, but some tried to stay and fight those bayonets with sticks and stones. The rest of our men owe their lives to the ones who stayed because it gave them time to get away. But it was pretty bad. The Battle of Bunker Hill, or Breed's Hill as it was actually called. Bunker Hill was just a little way off, and I I never did figure out why they called it the Battle of Bunker Hill. Anyway, the Battle of Bunker Hill was lost by us and won by the British, but they knew that they could not afford to win any more like it. They lost a thousand men, and we only lost a few. Thanks for listening. I love George Washington, the father of our country. Did you know that he actually wrote more? He was the author of more literature than any other person in his time? George Washington. That's right. And it's so easy to tell stories about him. He was a man that (laughs) he did not let adversity get in his way. He put his faith in God, kept his powder dry, and just kept on keeping on. Well, George Washington had himself a problem, so... He got himself a plan. He knew that he could never win over the British in an all-out face-to-face fight. He just had to find a better way to fight, and and he did it. Why, he practically invented psychological warfare. Remember the submarine attack? (laughs) Oh, well, that scared the British sailors, because they had no idea how he'd attacked them. Well, that scared the British sailors, but 
It scared the others, too. They were scared to death, and all kinds of rumors went every which way through the British ranks. Some of those sailors were just sure that the Americans had developed some kind of invisible ship. Others thought that the Americans had infiltrated their ranks and sabotaged their ships. Oh, it was fun for George, and he had himself a time of it. Some of the other things he did were were even more effective. Before the war was over, he had those poor soldiers scared clear out of their mind. You never did see soldiers happier to go home than those British soldiers after the war. Here's something else he did to push that psychological warfare thing. He invited all of the frontiersmen that he could get word to to come join him in a large camp just outside Boston. Now that's different than the soldiers, the regulars in his army. These were the frontiersmen that he used to work with as a surveyor. Remember, he'd been a frontiersman himself as a surveyor, and, and he knew exactly who to call. British spies were in the camp, and George knew it, and knew who they were, but gave orders to let them stay. He wanted them to see what was going to happen. You see, George had a secret weapon, and he wanted those British spies to see for themselves just what this secret weapon was and what it could do. What was this secret weapon? It was the American Long Rifle. That's right. It was sometimes called the Pennsylvania or the Kentucky Long Rifle. You see, Americans were a bit different than other folks that the British had fought. The average American had come to this land to escape tyranny, and they were fiercely independent. They resented any kind of authority. George had been a frontiersman, and he knew how they were. Yep, he knew about the frontiersmen and what they could do with those American long rifles. Since Americans were a a long way from a a civilization, they had to make do with what they had, make do with what they could make, or they had to invent what they needed, so that's exactly what they did. Over the years, little gun shops sprung up all over Pennsylvania and, and most of the other colonies as well. And they learned how to make this long American rifle, and by this time every frontiersman had one, and he for sure knew how to use it. It was like an extension of his arm. Now, I'm going to tell you what was so different about this here American long rifle. The difference was, it shot where you aimed it. A good man could actually hit what he wanted to hit. You see, the British infantryman was armed with a musket. It was a pretty good gun and had proved itself in battle, but if your target was more than 50 yards away, you just couldn't be sure of hitting it unless you were shooting at the side of a barn or something. The musket was a smooth-bored gun. In other words, the bullet just came out of a smooth tube. The American gun, on the other hand, was rifled. That meant that the barrel of the gun had grooves in it or or rifling that spun that bullet as it came out. That made the bullet go straighter. Why, they could hit targets at twice and even three times the distance of the musket. The way the British fought their infantry was to line them up in the middle of a field in two lines. The front line would shoot on command. Ready! Aim! Fire! Then immediately begin to load their muskets while the back line would march forward several paces, aim, and fire on command. Ready! Aim! Fire! Then they would load and the first line would advance, fire on command, and so forth. Now, if you've ever shot a gun you know that it is rare that you can aim and be exactly on target at the exact instant somebody else says fire. Of course, (laughs) well, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because they knew that those muskets only shot in the general direction they were aimed anyway. But the Americans could aim their shots and hit what they aimed at. And General Washington wanted the British spies to see that and to spread the word among the British troops. It worked, too! 
<laughs> it weren't long before every English mother's son knew that his red coat was going to be a bullseye for every American with one of those there long American rifles. Old George was a canny one, all right. Talk about psychological warfare. Well, here's what he did. Why, it was almost like a country fair. All those frontiersmen just proceeded to put on a show of good shooting for the Boston city folks. You see, the city folks didn't have any skill with guns, and the only guns they were really familiar with was a musket anyway. So they set posts in the ground way down the other end of a long field. As soon as the city folk, and more especially the British spies, as soon as they saw that the frontiersmen were going to shoot at those posts, they started to laugh. No gun could shoot that far. Then the frontiersmen brought out their rifles. The laughing got even louder because none of those folks had seen guns who were so long before either. <laughs> the laughing slowed down, though, when the first shot split the first post. The laughing stopped when shot after shot slammed into those posts until they were absolutely shredded. Some very sober British spies took some almost unbelievable tales back to their superiors. Those British generals were so astonished and upset that they offered a bounty for any American frontiersman complete with his secret weapon long rifle. Yes, sir. George knew the value of a good demonstration, and he also knew the value of guns in America. His greatest use of the American long rifle, though, was to put a dread in the heart of the British soldier. And <laughs> boy, it worked, too. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Remember, you are learning the truth. Tell it to your friends. Speak with boldness. And keep your powder dry.